Today we're talking about a man who translated the New Testament, pioneered Italian humanism, and helped reformers take a stand against the papacy. Roger Gerald was a priest living in the Netherlands. He had an affair with his doctor's daughter, Margaret, and they had two sons. Their second son was a boy named Erasmus. Now, priests were not allowed to marry, so Roger and Margaret never married. However, Margaret lived at the house as the family nurse. Erasmus was a very smart little boy. He attended St. Lubin's school and was the third highest in his class. At his school, Erasmus was heavily influenced by humanist teachings. The headmaster at his school was a humanist. Erasmus also had a teacher that he really enjoyed who was a humanist as well. I've talked about the humanism of this time period, but for a little recap, the scholars were starting to look at the individual and the individual relationship with God. The art now showed humans in a realistic way, and the architecture drew the eye back down to the people sitting in the church instead of drawing your eye up towards heaven. The idea was that humans have value and human life has value, that we are created in God's image and therefore our life has value. Also the idea that God loves us individually. Now, this idea of humanism is different than the one we have today and it can be confusing when reading about humanism from this time period because we think of the humanism of today that eliminates God altogether. Erasmus enjoyed school and learned to both read and write in Latin. His life was going pretty great. He was really being set up for success. Good grades, he was well-liked, and with his father in the church and his mother whose family were in the medical field. Then, when Erasmus was 17 years old, the plague came. And one by one, people around Erasmus died. He was suddenly aware of the shortness of life. Then tragedy hit close to home for the young boys. Both Roger and Margaret fell ill, and then they both died. The boys were suddenly left orphaned. The boys were sent to a new school. This one was run by the Brethren of the Common Life. Erasmus, who had loved school and thrived in school, suddenly found himself hating school. The teachers were strict and publicly punished the boys. Erasmus would write that his spirit was broken in this school. The aim of the school was to teach humility, and they did whatever they could do to humble the boys. Erasmus, who was very smart, seemed to be one of the children the teachers felt especially needed to be humbled, and it was really a hard time for him. Once he finished school, Erasmus was told he must join a monastery. It was not what he originally planned on doing, but he felt his life was not his to direct, and he was not in control of his life. He picked an Augustarian monastery. One of the things Erasmus loved was studying the classics. However, at both his second school and the Augustinian monastery, classics were looked down on. In 1492, Erasmus became the Latin secretary of the Bishop of Camry. This bishop then sent him to the University of Paris to study theology. It was clear to everyone that Erasmus wasn't interested in being a priest, and he would be better suited to be a teacher. The Pope, Pope Leo X, agreed to allow Erasmus to step down, and he was no longer a priest. Erasmus, still very interested in the classics, 
began to teach the other students what he knew about the classics. In 1499, one of the students named William, who was a lord, asked Erasmus to travel with him to England. Erasmus did not enjoy his time in England. He suffered from gallstones, and the only remedy was drinking wine. And he really hated English wine. He also hated the weather of England. However, he made really good friends that would last his whole life. He became good friends with a man named Thomas More. Erasmus and Thomas would be close friends until their death. His new friends in England taught the Bible differently than he had heard about it before. The Reformation was about to start, and the teachings of men like Huss and Wycliffe were being spread. During this time in England, Erasmus began to read and study the Church Fathers. He became very interested in the New Testament. However, he saw some problems with the translation the Church was using. Erasmus knew Latin very well, but he decided to learn Greek so he could study the Bible in the original language. Erasmus spent three years studying Greek. He did nothing else. Day and night, he studied Greek. He begged his friends and family for money so he could live. And by the end of the three years, he could read and write Greek fluently. During this time, a few different kings offered him jobs to work. This would have stopped his money problems, but Erasmus wanted to stay neutral in a war that he could see was coming. Erasmus learned Greek and then translated the New Testament from the original Greek. This task would be groundbreaking for the church. The Latin version the people were reading had been translated 12,000 years ago, and even the people who read and spoke Latin did not understand the translation. Erasmus didn't simply take the old Latin and translate it into modern Latin. He went back to the original and translated that. In 1516, Erasmus published his new Latin Bible. Over 3,000 copies were bought. A man named Martin Luther bought one of his Bibles and translated it into German. A man named Tyndale bought his Bible and translated it into English. And the King of England bought his Bible and used it to create the King James Bible. Then Martin Luther nailed his thesis to the door, and the Reformation that was brewing took off. It was Protestants versus Catholics. Erasmus had written a lot about the problems in the Catholic Church, and everyone assumed he would join the Reformation and join the Protestant Church. But Erasmus believed the Catholic Church needed to be reformed and changed, maybe even gutted and brought back from the ground floor. However, he believed starting a new church would divide the church in a way that it would never be whole again. He thought it would not just be the Protestants versus Catholics. But that many different churches would start, and that this would in fact hurt the church. At first, Martin and Erasmus were friends, and they both seemed to want the same thing—to bring truth to the people, to end the corruption of the church. Erasmus said Martin was a trumpeter of the gospel, and Martin spoke very highly of Erasmus as well. But everyone assumed Erasmus would leave the Catholic Church and join Martin's church. But time passed, and Erasmus did not do that. So Martin formally invited Erasmus to join his church, but Erasmus declined. Luther then called Erasmus a coward, a liar, and a viper. Erasmus said Luther had become full of pride and that he had made himself to be the only one who could interpret Scripture correctly. The Catholics hated Erasmus. They said he had laid the egg and Luther had hatched it. The Protestants hated Erasmus because they believed he was a traitor to the cause by not leaving the Catholic Church. Erasmus, when asked why he would not leave the church, said, "You cure a sick man; you don't kill him." 
This was not the only thing that divided Luther and Erasmus. Luther published a book called The Bondage of the Will. He believed the human was incapable of choosing to follow Jesus. That we are not saved by choosing Jesus, but saved only through what Jesus did. Erasmus believed that God offers us grace, but we choose to accept or reject that grace. In 1524, Erasmus wrote, By free choice in this place, we mean a power of the human will by which a man can apply himself to the things which lead to eternal salvation or turn away from them. It was the teachings of humanism that led Erasmus to this viewpoint. Things heated up, and in 1529, the Protestant in Basel banned Catholic worship, so Erasmus and some of his humanist friends had to move. Erasmus died July 12, 1536. He was 66 years old. He died in Switzerland. As he was dying, he did not ask for the sacraments of the church to be at his death. His last words were, Dear God. Next week, we're going to dive into the life of Martin Luther. For more podcasts, blogs, or videos, head over to my website at laurelysiemens.com and subscribe so you don't miss any of these episodes. And please feel free to share these with your friends and leave a review so that other people can hear about this podcast too. I'll see you next week.